0: And welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where young people from Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances. With me, your host, Kimia Jeka. This episode is for all my creatives who had to sit down and tell their parents, their African parents, their Zimbabwean parents, their parents from the global south, wherever they're from, that, hey, mom, dad, whoever takes care of you, I want to be a creative um i guess we can all kind of figure how that conversation goes i personally was not that brave despite all of my interest in high school i decided to take a safer career route but my guest today has been really brave super ballsy and is making a name for herself in the comedy industry in zimbabwe and we are just going to discuss some of her experiences as a performer as a comedian and as a creative in this economy so i hope you enjoy this episode please do not forget to follow the podcast on instagram at in this economy podcast and follow me your host at kimyajeka on twitter so yes let's get into the episode which is also the last episode for season one before we take a small season break, but more of that at the end. So yeah, let's get into it. Right. So for today's episode, we are discussing creating in this economy with a very special guest. Welcome, Munya. Uh, Do you want to introduce yourself really quick before we get into the discussion? All
1: right. Well, my name is Monia. I am a stand up comedian and like it just generally I'm in performing arts. So I do some acting and I'm interested in directing and producing as well.
0: So in general, I thought to invite you to discuss this episode because um, I saw someone tweet about how, you know, there are always there are a lot of male comedians um, in the Zimbabwean creative space that are doing really well. And they were just noting, are they any like female comedians? Um, and this made me think about just female creatives in general and how no matter where they're from in the world, they just seem to have a harder time for various reasons. And I just wanted to, you know, take a chance to unpack that and see, you know, just have a discussion around that. And in the Zimbabwean context as well, um, having a creative career is a big risk. Um culturally, the way it's accepted in society. I I imagine it's not an easy thing to tell your parents, you're Zimbabwean, you're African, or whatever developing country parents that, hey, I wanna be some kind of creative. It's I I imagine that's not easy. So in general, what do you think is the most challenging aspect of being a female creative slash comedian in general and in the Zimbabwean context?
1: Um I don't have much experience outside of some ballpoint contexts. The times I visited Kenya, it was really nice because they're very cognizant of the disparity like between the experiences like between being a woman in comedy and like the rest of the lineup, which is guys. So I think when I went, it was like the first time in three years, uh, the week that was going to follow that they're going to have a show without one of the women there because it was just like everybody was out of town with work or they just performed or something. So that was really nice that they make that effort. And here we we are making that effort as well. Um, I I started a collective, Sek collective, that focuses on women and queer people in comedy. Our main focus is black queer women, but like everybody's welcome. Um, so we're trying to do more events, make make more events for the women. So curate more spaces and like incubate more women in comedy. And simka comedy also they're going to be doing their festival End of November, um and there's like a Friday day where you know there's like a Divas comedy night and all of that. So it is nice because like people are cognizant of the fact that like there you know there's a gap to fill, um but it can sometimes be difficult like backstage because you know everybody's a comedian right. So if you know if there were boxers, they'd be like throwing jabs or whatever. If they were basketball players they'd be like I don't know shooting shots I don't know clearly I'm not a sports person but backstage at a comedy show people are cracking jokes and the easiest jokes to crack unfortunately especially once there's a woman in the room it's just like a bunch of really bad sex jokes like I remember I told somebody once and they were so gutted They was one day I was like you know what I'm just gonna let them know and I was like you know you're the fourth person to tell that joke to me in the last 20 minutes and I've only been here 20 minutes and he's like, no way, that was so clever of me. And I was like, it really wasn't. It just, that so that's hard, especially if like somebody set has been, you know, like denigrating to women and then you kind of have to go on after that. That's kind of hard. And then with Zim especially, I think also, and specifically Zim comedy, I feel like, I feel like definitely the women are more in sketch comedy and then the men are more in stand-up comedy so women get overlooked somebody will say there's no women doing comedy it's like that's not true they just not there's not as many of us doing stand-up or somebody will say there's no female stand-up comedians you're all sketched I'm like okay do I not exist do you not perceive me at all um I'm in both um so it's kind of hard especially because those women in sketch comedy are like hyper visible you know um it's it's now like a brand of following so as soon as they do something like not that popular everybody immediately goes to the usual insults of like she's a horse she's a this she's that and that's really hard because whatever metric you're judging by, probably 99% the men are worse at doing whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's like being mediocre or having what you deem to be an oversex life, like overactive sex life, whatever it is, the men are probably doing that more. But then you all just sort of get blanketed at the same time with that. They just go, ah, oh, I can't tell. I was serious. Whereas like a man will do something and will just sort of like gloss over it. Mm. Um, Which is really weird, and I think also the other hard thing is that, like, because you know, there's like affirmative action being taken place to like bridge the gap. People now think, and this is a problem everywhere. People like, oh, women just get things for free now. It's like, okay, well, it's not getting things for free. It's you were getting things for free, and now things are a bit more fair. And now you've had to like face up to your mediocrity, and you didn't have to do that until I showed up, did you? Now, so you know, someone telling you that, oh, you're not talented, or you didn't work for this, or you know, if something goes wrong oh, you're just another woman who can't do the job. It's like, okay, you've had the chance to have, like, 60 bad shows. I have two bad shows, and suddenly I'm misrepresenting my entire gender and the industry as a whole. Like, so no one even likes you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But people definitely try to make it
0: like a a male-female
1: thing. We were funnier, they're funnier, or women don't have
0: funny jokes. I I even noticed that, like, even on... Like regular TV, Western media, all of that stuff that, yeah, most of the really popular female comedians either started on sketch comedy and eventually they get the shows, whereas a lot of men are like from the jump, you know the stand-up work so because remember somebody pointed out
1: um i love i love 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 ashley ray yeah and she pointed out that wonder sites could have had a much bigger career if people weren't so hung up on the fact that she's a woman because she's just as funny Mm -hmm. as the what are considered the greatest chris rock and people obviously you know a whole bunch of men were like you don't even know she's talking about have you even seen chris rock specials Nah, 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 na and then the thing is Wanda Sykes wrote a lot of Chris Rock's material. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: So if you're saying she's not funny, but Chris Rock, like, mm. you know, yeah. it's it's not about her genitals or her social
0: roles or whatever. Like, she's funny, she's funny, she's funny. It's a lot of people's opinions that are dependent on how successful your career is going to be, I think, as a creative in general. In Zimbabwe, like, people genuinely don't have expendable income at the moment like you make whatever little money you get you use what for the things you need and you have very little for things like going to see plays and comedy shows and all those kinds of things so uh, a big issue is like you need to have a huge following you need to have a reason for people to come and join you. And I, I noticed that, you know, social media plays a big role in that. But social capital as well is something that's very important in most spheres in Zimbabwe, whether you're starting a business, whether you're a politician, it's important that people know you. But it's even more important that the right people like you and think you're funny or mm-hmm. the right people supporting you, because that's how you build a following. So um, does social capital... Actually, translate into money as a creative right now?
1: The best example of this will always be King Kandori, even saying it himself on stage. He's like, people will say to the Spob of Lamari, but you all just paid 465 of you just paid $10 to come and watch me say some jokes for an hour. So okay. <laughs> definitely the social capital is important. Mm. Um, and it can translate into money for you. Um, you just have to do a really good good job of it, which he does. Even, um, what's this guy, you know, Facebook just changed to meta, and then, I want to say Kabila, I can't remember his name, mm. Um, but that guy, he's just, like, he's in there. He's in that mark Zuckerberg lizard people, money levels just from... Or Elsa Majimo, like, what does she do besides be amazing? You're not quite sure, but she's yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's doing it and it's working out for her. Um, so that is a really important one, I think. And I struggle with it definitely as a person who personally does not engage in social media to engage other people on a personal level. Like, I'm just there for the jokes. Yeah. So I don't see it as important to be posting all the time because I, I actually mute <laughs> people I follow <laughs> who are like me and my family. So... I think yeah, that's being a creative in one time, and then Zim it can be quite difficult. Like what you're saying, people don't have the disposable income, and that was something I was talking to, you, talking about with the comedians in Kenya. That I think it's easier for you guys because your economy is set up in such a way that you know you can have shows, like four shows a week every week of the month and people come in zim if you're doing an event it's got to be month end month end is a word to us which means Mm -hmm. we now have something in our pockets besides lint and hope like it's it's just it's not gonna happen and also because like we're a much smaller population and a much smaller community and um so if you get an audience if somebody comes on watch your show on comes to watch your show on friday like, next Friday, are they going to come? Because it's probably going to be, like, the same show. Because, again, there's not that many of you comedians performing. So now it's getting better. Like, I know Simka's now running, like, two nights a month with a completely separate lineup. And we're trying to push up to, like, you know, maybe two shows a night, something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, that is tough. So they said, you know, just keep pushing, just keep getting there, you'll get there. Because the other challenge, I think, also is, uh when audiences aren't um, as trained for stand-up in real time, so it's the same way, you know, people see something in the movies and it's fine in the movies. But then when you do it as a spa, when, when like, like, oh, who do you think you are that you're trying to do this or something? They just will not laugh or like act like they don't get it. But then go and watch an American do it on their phone and like fall about laughing. You see even like an online show, someone will straight up cuss you out for like one time. It's like, okay, well, I didn't, I'm sorry I wasted your money by like not delivering what you wanted. So that's also like a really, like Some audiences are, are, are tough on you
0: because they've had to struggle so much to be able to come and consume this art. I like, I find it interesting actually what you said about, you know, a Zimbabwean audience being trained to listen to stand-up. Um, I think a big mm-hmm. issue is because I can speak for myself personally, the most of the stand-up I was exposed to was from America. It's Western stand-up. And so it's only like recently, well not recently, but later on in life in my late teens when Trevor Noah started becoming a thing where you were introduced to, you know, non-Western, non-American kind of stand-up comedy. But even the style then is still very much like, you want to compare it. Like it's as if we aren't open Mm -hmm. to original content. You just want to compare it to people and things that you've already seen. And sometimes that doesn't translate as well because I'm kind of used to or expecting hearing about jokes I can kind of half relate to. But because the delivery is so funny, that's why I find it interesting. Whereas with the Zimbabwean, I'm waiting for that same delivery. And even if it's something I can really relate to for some reason, I don't know, it just feels like it's not as funny. Maybe it's because it hits too close to home. And I think that's where people start getting, you know edging on the problematic aspects because it's like okay a majority of us can relate to this a little too much but let's laugh at people we can't actually relate to that much so yeah it is that's that's interesting that's really i've never thought of it like that which is weird because you'll consume so much mediocre american content (laughs) but like we're just a hater
1: nation and and you definitely see it like women are definitely more like the like the battleground on which these battles are fought especially you see it with like kiki badass and vimbai's Sumoto. like mm. people are very happy to watch Nicki minaj shake her ass and then kiki badass comes with like a quarter of an exposed butt cheek and like Ew, would it? that's not real music she doesn't even and it's like she vimbai can't sing that's that's not true it was a good song it was good visuals objective mm. if it passed in the netherlands the same as any other Western music video, why suddenly it comes to Zimbabwe and it just suddenly turns to not be good.
0: It sounds like a lot, Munya. It sounds like a lot. It really, is.
1: especially also when you're like behind the scenes, sometimes the people you're working with, because you know, a lot of art in Zim is, you know, in the donor funded sphere. Mm. So it's people standing up for certain rights, beliefs, and everything. And then you find that the actual people you're working with do not care, they're just here to fetch a check. And like being told all sorts of weird instructions or like all sorts of weird things are happening, you know, backstage or like behind the scenes, whatever. And none of it reflects what people stand for. They're just fetching a check. But then they have the audacity. They're only getting that check because they brought you in as a you know, as a walking vagina, so that they could qualify to get that money. So it's like if I was a signing bonus, then give me the signing bonus. Give me the money. Don't tell me that I'm only here because I'm not. It's very weird. You get used and abused in some very, very weird ways. Mm -hmm. Oh, you need to put more men in this. You have literally the rest of the entire show. Like, can we not just have 30 seconds of peace?
0: Exactly. But no, no,
1: no, it doesn't work. You have to include this in the script. You have to,
0: So speaking of it being, you know, a lot of these um, shows, art spaces in Zimbabwe, it's very evident, I think now uh, more than ever, that it's donor funded because the donors Mm -hmm. are, I guess, being more visible with, you know, social media presence and everything. You can clearly see that they are because I guess our government and, you know, there's not a lot of money being put locally into the arts. So um, the arts are very much dependent on donor funding. Um, does that, do you think that really limits how Zimbabwean creatives take part in political and economic commentary? Um, do you think you know, creatives should take up space in those spheres or they should just stick to what they know? Or is it that because they have voices, influence and social capital, that they should take active part in this political and economic commentary?
1: I think with sim it is tough like well first of all yeah we can't really tell the stories we want to tell because you have to tell you know whatever the human rights that in the particular human right that's in trend and you must always look like the children in the un magazine with the fly on their faces to justify Mm -hmm. them giving you money so and they give you just enough money to make it look bad enough that like to justify them having to give you more money and it's like a vicious cycle and then also yeah depending on that particular country's interests you also can't really be completely honest. Like maybe you can't criticize uh, a certain country's like environmental policy because they're the ones that paid for you you know, to be doing what you're doing. They're paying your rent. Or you can't give an honest commentary on what you think is happening in Zoom because the way things are so polarized, whether or not you actually support something, you kind of just have to throw all of your weight against it because you're just trying to be anti that other thing. I think everybody has a social responsibility to do no harm. But so definitely don't parrot the wrong things but I think in terms of standing up and saying xyz I think people are also quite judgmental of the ways in which people might perform activism I remember there was a lot of uh, during moment Lives Matter people were like if you didn't tweet retweet Samoan Lives Matter we're not going to support any of your content on YouTube or whatever like you're dead to us and I was like well you know maybe someone else actually, like, does different work. You know, there's different ways of, like, doing social activism. Some of it is, you know, it's it's on social media, it's visible getting the message out, and some of it is just grunt work affecting policy that's, like, not very visible, that's not very glamorous or anything like that. So maybe that's what somebody else is doing. And, you know, you really don't know what personal targets or threats someone's whole family is facing. So just because you feel safe tweeting from wherever you're tweeting from to retweet something or to say this person uh, is famous, they should have made more noise, about, da, da, da. you assume because like everybody presents a brand, right? Like very little of it is actually real. So you assume that this person's famous, they should be able to talk about that, but you don't because you don't know if like their niece's cancer treatment, affording their niece's cancer treatment is contingent on them not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And like with the way Zama <laughs> went liberation and all of this goes like, yes, change you know there can be no revolution without blood or whatever change must happen but like no one wants to personally be the battleground for that change to like Mm. swallow the losses because at the end of the day if I speak out against this and my family gets targeted and we get hurt I'm not going to see any immediate change after that I'm still going to have to take them to a hospital you can understand it because you know when tempers are high you feel like you know people aren't doing enough it's the same as like you know the older generation being like you guys somebody said that to me you guys are the youth you know you should change The country how dare you say there's no point in like um sir we just inherited this mess from you when you were the youth what did you do
0: i think at the end of the day whatever your conscience feels is right you can look at people in the public eye and we kind of think they owe us something um it's like what we discussed just now of how someone will be like i wasted my data listening to your show but there was nothing that said i you promised that i was going to enjoy it like you were saying this is a show. Right. If you're interested, log in. But there was no saying. I guarantee you will enjoy it because, I mean, you can spend money on anything and it not be what you signed up for, which is just part. You of You know, like this is coming from someone who still buys pork pies. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> clearly it's <laughs> your judgment. Yeah, that's at fault, not mine. Like. I oh <laughs> why am i being like the shoulder of all of Zimbabwe's failures is placed upon my shoulders exactly. and my little 10 minute sets that did not meet your expectations okay. you know you got to take it with a pinch of salt so yeah i do think people who are in positions of power to make a difference definitely do what you can but at the end of the day people on the internet are just everybody's emotions are running high and nobody only you know your full story because there's also no point in selling out your entire family for twitter clout for two exactly. days because exactly. best believe someone will say something stupid and you won't even be the main topic 48 hours later.
0: For sure. And I think, um, yeah, we just, I guess creatives like everyone else aside from our voted officials don't actually owe us anything. And I think that would apply anywhere in the world. Um, but mm. I, I also can appreciate as someone who's a consumer that you know, I would like to know if our values align because, you mm-hmm. know, we I think of late because of all the social justice issues and people having more difficult conversations, you know, people are not there's no appetite for the same sort of what we would now call problematic jokes or problematic, mm-hmm. you know, um, discourse. People do find offense in a lot of things. Sometimes I, I, I am of the opinion sometimes it can be taken a little too far. Like, yeah, we are getting offended by a lot of little things. But like, for example, uh, and I say little things as a disclaimer, like someone like, I don't know, people who complain about the kind of shampoo in hotels saying that it's not meant for black hair. And I'm like, it's hotel shampoo. It's not meant for any hair, you know, um, it's stuff like that. <laughs> where, OK, guys, we're, we're missing the point. here. <laughs> it's meant for taking home for the bottle. <laughs> literally, literally. Um, that's where I think we're missing the point sometimes with. these discourses but I I do think people wanting to know if you know your value system of what you're consuming Mm -hmm. um, if the artist is aligned with you it's fair but at the same time you know no one really owes us much political commentary because um, what you're saying is true. You never know what people's situations are. You never know what they're actually doing on the ground. Yeah. And just because they're not active on social media doesn't mean they don't share that. same. They're not doing it. Yeah, we're not doing it. All,
1: yeah. all we owe each other's human decency.
0: Um, okay, so my final question is for any woman looking to enter the creative space in Zimbabwe, what advice would you give them? How should they... Is there anything they should be prepared for? How could they navigate the space effectively? How could they build a following? Or is it touch and go? What advice would you give? Me also need advice. Like I'm slow, But um,
1: I guess find thing, things, I don't know, I found in my experience that like it's always so much better. Literally everything changes for you once there's like one woman attached to the project. Mm. It's just it's such a breath of fresh air. And people say, oh, women are women's biggest haters. But the thing is, like, with the, with the men, it's like any of them, any number of them can do, like, a number of little, like, little microaggressions and, like, you know, bigger aggressions throughout the day, like, just, like, a bunch of, like, little, like, insidious stuff. But, like, with the women, if there really is someone who's a hater, it's normally, like, one person who just, like, as a person, regardless of all of this, is just a terrible person. Like, nobody likes them anyway. So very easy to, like, just dodge. So as long as you have open conversations, and I think also that's something that's really hard, and looking at this in terms of, um, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so true, like, with people with autism and how we we miss out on a lot of not like opportunities but um just information and stuff because we don't we're not as like socially engaged as maybe like everybody else we don't see the need for some of the like social interactions that happen so as a girl sometimes maybe you weren't invited to like drinks out with every or like people were discussing this on downtime on set and then you were in the women's bathroom or you were fixing your makeup and nobody else had to fix their makeup because they're not expected to look superhuman every time they go on screen. So you miss out, I think sometimes on these things. So you really will have to like make the effort to be tapped in to the social environment, like an extra effort to be tapped into the social environment. So you don't miss out on professional opportunities or professional information even just political information of, like, the environment you're working in. I think that's been, like, a big thing for me. And, yeah, people will say, oh, well, you're only here because you're a woman. And you know what? Yeah, I'm only here because I'm a woman, which means that we're all only get pay- getting paid because I showed up. So <laughs> now what?
0: I... Pay me extra.
1: <laughs> I
0: love that. I love that so much. Um. So, yeah, if anybody
1: tries to give you shit about, like, you're only here because you're a woman, da-da-da, be like, okay, well, I'm so sorry you were mediocre up until this point, but this is what it's come to, or, like, I'm sorry you were coasting, like, but that's really not a personal problem. And Mm -hmm. I think if you can, like, it's, again, it's, like, horrible because the you know, the onus is always, like, on the victim or the survivor, but if any horrible stuff goes down, try to record as much of it as you can, especially record communication. So especially, like, in emails, things that, that aren't as easily deletable as, like, WhatsApps and pictures. And even if you just talk about stuff over the phone, like, just make sure there's a paper trail. Um, and even if it's minor complaints, try to make as many complaints because for some reason, apparently, sexual assault doesn't count until it's, like, past a point of no return. So report each and every little incident so that there's a big enough case against the person. Excuse me. And um honestly just have fun and like join the space. We need more people. Uh there's plenty of room. And uh ish, yeah, good luck, because you know it's still Zoom after all.
0: Yeah. So good Yeah. Qu'eraf. Anna, thank you so much. Oh. That was lovely. I really your insight is just amazing and I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, you thank you so thank much you for joining good. us. And yeah, that's I guess that's the episode. And that is a wrap on season one. Firstly, thank you so much to our fantastic guest, Moenya, for sharing her life experiences with us. And thank you, the listener, i.e. the support for season one has been overwhelming and I appreciate each and every person who's taken the time to listen to the podcast, to engage with me on social media, to send through their comments and I just, it's been overwhelming. I think I set what I look at now, what I look at now is pretty small milestones and each one of them was exceeded quite quickly and that's honestly just due to all of the support. So. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Season two will be coming to you freshly packaged in the new year, January 2022, so look out for that. There may or may not be a little surprise during the festive season, you know, I don't know, I don't know. But do follow the podcast on Instagram at In this Economy Podcast to stay posted about that. And do follow me, your host, at Kimia on Twitter. I love hearing your engagement, your comments, everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, please do enjoy the festive season. Um, Stay safe. And yeah, I guess I will catch you in the new year. Thank you so much.